Welcome to the Founder Church Podcast, helping you to forge a lifelong reliance on God. To find out more about the Founder or how you can get involved, visit thefoundrychurch.com. All right, into the wild. We made an audible because we finished up our marriage series last Sunday. And of course, Dylan had questions about why are we, you know, when, when are we getting through this marriage series? And, and Lucas and Mateo have inspired me by their adventures every Sunday out in the woods and trying to find treasures each week. And so we made an audible and leading up to Easter, we are doing this series into the wild. And each Sunday, I'm going to have some of the, the foundry kids help me with some experiments and some of the scripture reading. And so we are excited to be entering into this series here at the Foundry Church. As we begin, let me ask you this question. When you were in school, did you ever have to do a state's capital test? Did you ever have to do a state's capital test, right? A geography test. Maybe you had to label the map of, of the country. Right? You, you had to uh, kind of know where the boundaries of each state was, or at least where the capitals were. Now, if you had to do that right now, could you do that? Do you think you guys could do that, all 50 states? I mean, seriously, would you be able to sit down with a blank map of the country and label every state and even the capitals? Now, be honest, right? Do you think you can do that? I don't think many of us can do that. Recently, the website BuzzFeed.com asked people who weren't from America to look at a map of the U.S. and do their best to label it. And here are some of my favorites, right? Here are some of my favorites. Put that first one up, Adam. Right, now, they did pretty good, right? They got some of the states, Alaska, Hawaii, Florida, New York, but they're just in the middle. They just put the middle bit, right? The, the, the middle bit. What is, I mean, it's not exactly close on that one, right? Now, here's another one of my favorites. Now, you may, you may not be able to see it. Yeah, you may not be able to see it, but, but they have a little arrow that says somewhere around here is New York, and they just kind of have that line, right? But, but if they were just like, the dog is New York, right? <laughs> I mean, who doesn't love dogs, but still, I mean, close, but no cigar, right? All right, now, now here's another one, all right? Here's another one. Throw that one up. All right. All right. Yeah, they just, America, duh. That's pretty good, right? They got Florida. Everyone knows Florida, all right. All right, that's not what they were really looking for, right? Well, yeah, they have, oh, they got Alaska. I didn't even notice that one. All right, it's, it's not close. It's not close. And now, as you can see, right, as you can see, the country of America can sometimes be a little vast and overwhelming when trying to be specific about the makeup of the country. Now, what if I was to ask you something a little less specific, right? What do you think of when I say the landscape of America? Right, what do you think of when I say the landscape of America? Right, maybe you think about the desert southwest or the, the Great Canyons or the, the Appalachian Mountains, maybe a little closer to home here. Maybe you sing that song in your head, right? God bless, is that how it goes? God bless the you. No, not even close. Right, from, the, from the lakes of Minnesota to the hills of Tennessee, right, it says across the plains of Texas from sea to shining sea, right? That's not how you sing it, but right? we have it all, right? According to the song, we have it all. And what is cool is that it's still, a lot of it is undeveloped, right? Wide open, empty spaces, right? Actually, 
Listen, there are 618 million acres of American wild lands, to be exact. Right? 618 million. That is over a half a billion of acres of land that is uninhabited wilderness. Right? These lands are, like we know, right? like the song, are amazingly diverse and beautiful. They include those great canyons, uh, the vast rivers, the, the deserts, the, the mountains, the, the fields, the vast forests. It's amazing. And if you have ever been in a wild land, right? a, a national park or an uninterrupted stretch of road, you know what I'm talking about. Right? It's exciting. There's just something about standing in a place that is unspoiled by civilization and to experience something that not many people have experienced. And when you consider all the movies we watch, all the, uh, the TV shows that we binge watch, and the books we read that take place in exotic and wild locations, you would know that the wild has always captured our imagination. From, from childhood alone, right, I can, I can name book after book that I read about the Wild West or, or, or great adventures in northern Canada, right? The Hatchet, the book The Hatchet is still one of my favorites. We had the video game The Oregon Trail, right, to intrigue our interest. There were movies like Homeward Bound, right, if you're an animal lover, there's, there's Fightful Goes West, which is the one that Christina came up with, right? There's, there's The Call of the Wild, Right? We could go on and on and on. We have a fascination with the wild. I mean, seriously, right? Every Sunday after church, like I said, Lucas and Mateo, now they're, they're taking an adventure to the bathroom, but Lucas and Mateo are out hunting for treasures in the woods, right? A stick, a, a rock, anything, right? I can't imagine what they bring home, right? The wild is a place that we're fascinated by. But, but as great and as amazing as the wild is, most people, right, we never experience it. I think there are three reasons why. The first one, right, the, the wild is difficult to reach, right, especially where we live, right? If you want to experience the wild, I mean the, the, the true wild, the unbeaten path, you have to work at it a little bit, right? You have to go there on purpose, and sometimes that can be a little difficult, right? We think, oh, I don't have the right equipment, or, or I don't know the right spot to go to. Or if you're like my wife, you just say, I don't have the right outfit, I can't go, right? This can be difficult to go out into the wild. Another reason why we don't go out into the wild is that it can be dangerous, right? It just can be dangerous. I, I grew up camping and, and sleeping outside and kayaking on Lake Superior, but but the thought of, of now doing some of those things, I just feel like I'm not prepared. Or the thought of taking Christina with me out into the wild, right? I don't know what's scarier, right? Her being out there or, or the damage she's going to do to, like, the wild animals in the wild area, right? The very thing that intrigues us and pulls us out into the wilderness can be the most dangerous thing of all, right? The unknown. The unknown. Uh, another reason that we... We don't venture out into the wild as this, right? As, as a result of all this, people don't necessarily want to reach it. We just don't want to reach it. We hear stories about 
about people dying in the national parks, right? Do you know that, that on average, each week, six people actually die in our nation's national parks? Right? The, the call of the wild can be a risky one. Right? Even though it can be wild and beautiful, it can also be unknown and be an uncomfortable place where you get lost, where you get hurt. So most people, we never travel outside of the boundaries of safe touristy areas and go out into the actual wild. And so here's the thing, Foundry Church, the thing we need to look at this morning. If you ask people who have done these types of adventures, these, these great wild adventures into the mountains and on the rivers and the forest where there's no evidence of, of civilization around them, they'll tell you this. Right? If, you, if you don't do these things, you're missing out. Right? They'll say you need to experience these adventures for yourself or you're missing out. And almost everyone will say no matter how difficult the journey into the wild is, they'll say it's worth it. Right? The idea of a, of a journey is not just something uh, we talk about in regard uh, to the physical world, right? into the, the landscape of our country or the landscape of our continent. Right? You and I both know that we are also on a journey in our faith. Right? And actually, this is the thing. I think many of us handle this journey, the, the faith journey, our forging our life on God journey, the same way we handle traveling out into the physical world. We like to stay on the well-trotted path. Right? We, we like what is familiar, uh, what we're, we're used to, what we can anticipate and expect. Right? We like to worship in the same way that we always have done. We like to read the Bible with the same lens that we've always read it with. Right? We like to say the same prayers that we say each day over and over again without any real thought going into them. We have specific routines of how we approach God. Right? We may even sit at the same seat at church each week, right? I'm guilty of that. We're all guilty of that, right? So, so look at this, right? When it, when it comes to our faith, we tend to take the road most traveled, right? When it comes to our faith, we tend to take the road most traveled. We're not looking for adventure. We're not looking to explore new horizons. We're not looking to encounter new vistas. We like things just the way they are, comfortable, and consistent, well-known, right? It's like an old car that you have, you know? You keep it around because it's reliable. You may not drive it every day, but you know that when you get into it, it's going to do what it's supposed to do. It's going to start, it's going to get you from point A to point B, and there's not going to be any problems. It's reliable, right? We don't always use it, but we know that it's there when we need it. And I, I bet we also know people on the other side of this equation or this coin, we know people who, who kind of seem to have a different relationship or a different kind of relationship with God, a different kind of, of uh, forging their life on him. Right? It feels like they approach their relationship, their adventure, their, their faith journey with God as a great adventure. Right? As, as a wild adventure, something that we, we read about and look about. And there are probably moments, if we're honest, when we look at these types of people's faith journey and how they forge their life on God, and we think, you know what? I want that too. I, I want to live life 
for God like they're living life for God. Right? I want my life to look like their life. I want to blow people away with what I did in the name of Jesus or, or what God is doing in my life. And although we think these things and want these things, when it comes to actually doing something like that, like taking a step in that direction, might be a little asking a little bit too much of ourselves, right? It's like the old saying goes. We're all looking for a, a powerful resurrection story, but none of us wants to die, right? And so listen, Founder. Don't think that you are alone in this type of thinking. Right? Maybe we find ourselves feeling this way for a, a couple of different reasons, things like, like this. We don't know what it looks like to go into the wild with God. We just don't know what it looks like. We ask ourselves questions like, will this, you know, forging my life on God, entering into a, a great adventure with him, will this change my lifestyle? Will, will I have to move to a, a different continent and become a missionary there? Right? Or, or will I have to change my whole life? We ask these questions, right? right? We, we think, what if God caused me to totally step outside of my comfort zone and do something really, really scary? Or even worse, we think, what if God calls me to do the exact opposite, right? What if following him, what if forging my life on him, what if entering into a great wilderness adventure with him means my life will become a little boring, right? Or what if I have to stop drinking that or stop looking at that or, or going to this place, I, I can't go there anymore? What if I only have to listen to a certain kind of music or something lame like that? That's one reason, or, or maybe the reason is not about, about life change. Maybe that's not what holds us back. Maybe uh, we do not take the next step in our faith journey into this, this wilderness adventure and are forging our life on God because, because of this, right? We are convinced that what we're doing now, right, that we're already doing everything wrong, right? Does that make sense, right? We're already, we're, what we're doing right now is wrong. Like, we haven't, we haven't been successful, so why would we, we take a new step? Right? If we cannot get the hang of our faith right now and forging our life right, in this familiar and comfortable place that we're in, the idea of going somewhere new and doing something a little bit different, well, that just, that just sounds terrible. Right? Right? Look at it like this. When, when you made a decision to follow God, you imagined that you would be at a certain destination by now, right? We all imagined that, that we would be further along in our journey with God than we are, right? Whatever the reason, like, look at this. We avoid taking a step because we are not sure if we want to go into an unknown place with God. Whatever the reason, we just, we just aren't sure if we want to go into that unknown place, if we want to take a step into the unknown wilderness, right? For some of us, this fear, this this hesitation has kept us from deciding to follow God at all, from forging our life on him at all. We've decided to forge our life on something other than God. We, we've decided to take another uh, wilderness adventure. We, we've kept a, a, a safe distance, stuck in the, the familiar, unsure if we want to go a step further. But listen, right? know this, that the fear of the wild, of, of pursuing an adventure 
with God, because that's a blessing that he's given us. The fear of that is not a new thing. Right? Throughout the Bible, throughout the whole Bible, people have wrestled with what it means to trust God and whether or not they actually wanted to go where he led them. And maybe the, the most famous of these people was a man named Abraham. A man named Abraham. Abraham was a man whose life is recorded in the very first book of the Bible, the book of, of Genesis, right? And if you recognize his name, it's because he not only played a major role in the lineage of our faith, but also in the, the Jewish faith and the Muslim faith. He's also prominently mentioned throughout the entire New Testament. In, in fact, he's mentioned in 11 of the 27 books that make up the New Testament, the second half of our Bible. Right? He's mentioned in all four Gospels. Right? Jesus himself talks about him by name. And in Romans chapter 4, the Apostle Paul told us that Abraham is the father of us all. So what is so sneaking special about this man, right? About this, this Abraham and, and his adventure story with God? And how has his, his legacy persisted throughout human history? Right? And before we answer these questions, it's important to know just that Abraham was just an ordinary man. He was just an average Joe type of guy. He did not start out as this spiritual Giant. He did not start out with a, a story that everyone was wishing they could tell about their own faith. Right? When we first read about him, when we first read about Abraham, his name was actually Abram. And then God changes it to Abraham. And just to keep it simple through this series, we're just going to refer to him as Abraham. And he and his family, Abraham, were from a city called Ur. It's a port city located in modern-day Iraq. And then later, he migrated along the Euphrates River with his family to Haran. Right? Again, just another regular thing that families did during this time. He was married, but he didn't have any children, which was sort of a big deal in the culture he lived in. And besides that, he seemed just to have that normal, stable, regular old life. A safe life. Right? But then God spoke. To Abraham, and what God said to this ordinary man was, was so extraordinary that we're still experiencing the effects of it today, right? We find the beginning of his story in the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 12, right? And today, like I said, I'm going to have a little bit of help, so I think Dylan's up first, and we're going to look at the first three verses. Dylan's going to read this for us, but if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. Come on up, Dylan. Come on up. All right, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there to Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. I'll hold this for you. That way you don't have to worry about it. All right, if you're watching online, you can follow along by going to our app and clicking the Bible tab. The scripture's already pulled up there for us. Look, I don't even have to turn to it. He's prepared. All right, go, you can pull your mask down if you want. All right, go ahead and read it for us. The Lord had said to Abraham, leave your native country and your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and make you famous and that you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. Awesome. Good job. Give him a round of applause. 
All right, I'm going to call you back up here in a little bit, all right? All right, the very first word that God spoke to Abraham was what? Go, right? Leave. Get up out of here is what he said, right? It is like God was saying, Abraham, I have something for you, but to receive it, you're going to have to go. You're going to have to leave, right? You're going to have to leave what is familiar and comfortable and head off to a new land that you do not know and that you never been to. A land that is wild. Right? But, but listen, this is, this is what is cool. Right? God's statement to Abraham was not just for him. It holds a very significant truth for us today as well. Right? Look, look at this. Right? God knows that we grow when we go into the uncomfortable. Look at that, right? God knows that we grow. We grow in our faith journey when we go into the uncomfortable, right? Because growth requires pressure. Right? Growth requires pressure. We cannot stay exactly where we are doing what we've always done and expect to grow. Uh, like another old saying, it says this, right? If you want new results, you have to do what? New things, right? You have to take a new risk. You have to go out into the wild. You have to have faith. Look, look at this, right? In order to move forward, in order to move forward, you have to do things and go places that require faith. <laughs> right? Well, it's, it's difficult for a lot of reasons. The primary obstacle we face is the desire for a guaranteed outcome. That's the problem, right? Right? That's why we don't usually move forward in our adventure with God in our faith journey and our forging our life on him is because we want to be guaranteed of a successful outcome. Right? We don't want to take the new job if we don't know we'll be successful. We don't want to sell our home and move into a new neighborhood unless we're convinced that we're going to have new lifelong best friends right next door. Right? We don't ask the girl out if we're not first convinced she'll say yes. Right? We don't try new things unless the outcome will be positive. Right? We behave this way. Right? Even, even though we already know the problem with that line of thinking. Right? We behave that way even though we know that it's an issue. Because right? we know that life never happens that way. Right? It rarely happens that way. Most of the great things that have happened in history did not start with a certainty of how it would end up. Right? That's just the truth, right? And the same is true with God. Look, right? God promises to go with us, right? but he rarely reveals where we'll end up. Right? He promises to go with us, but he rarely reveals where we'll end up. Right? Let me... Let me show you what I'm talking about. Now I'm going to have, have both of you guys come up, all right? Allie, you can leave your paper because you have a chance to go back and get it, all right? So Dylan and Allie, come back up here. All right, we're going to do a little object lesson. Come on, come on up, come on up. All right, I'm going to try not to mess this up. But first, all right, Christina might have to give me some cues. All right, but first, it's going to be kind of like, like Simon says, all right? Does that make sense? Allie, you come on this side, all right? Because you and I are going to kind of partner up. All right, first... I want you guys just to do what I say. All right? Tap your head. All right? Tap your head. All right, can you guys see? Tap. Right, they're tapping their head. All right, let's let's spin in a circle. We need to do that. 
Can we do that? All right. I keep spinning. I didn't say stop. All right. Let's uh, let's do jumping jacks. I'll move this so we don't die. All right. All right. Yeah, jumping jack. Jumping jack. One. I'm not gonna do the jumping jack. Just... All right. That's good. That's good. All right. All right. Now let's uh, let's put your arms straight out. All right. Let's let's go like this. All right. Let's uh, let's touch our toes. All right. I can't. Ugh, I can't touch. Look at you. What? Ugh, I'm not flexible enough. All right. Stand up. All right. This is what I want you guys to do. I want you to close your eyes. All right, and I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a cuff in each of your hands. All right, I, but but I, but I want you to hold it straight out. All right, so so just before you close your eyes, put your arms straight out. One of your arms. Yep. All right, so you guys you guys hold the cuffs. All right, all right just straight out. Straight out. All right, here. All right, just hold the cup straight out. All right, now close your eyes. All right, um, put the cup on your head. All right, put the cup back straight out. Straight out. Straight out. Straight out. All right. All right, you can, I'm going to put a little water in the cup now, okay? All right, so hold the cup tight. All right. A little water. All right, you feel the water in there? All right, you're holding the cup straight out. All right. A little water. All right. It's in there. All right. All right, now, well, this is what I want you to do. I want you to keep your arms straight and put the cup on your head. Again. Just put, 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 the, put the cup on your head again. All right, I'm sorry. I don't know. Right, go ahead, yep, just careful. Put the cup on your head. All right, you can still hang on to it. Uh, Dylan's getting risky there. <laughs> you can uh, you can hang on to it. Now, now put it put it straight out. All right. All right. Just keep your eyes closed. All right. You guys trust me? You guys trust me? All right. I want you to dump the cup on your head. All right. Go ahead. Do you trust me? Dump the cup on your head. Just dump it over. Just dump it over. Did you get wet there, Dylan? Allie didn't get wet because I drank hers. Do it again, Dylan. Nothing. Nothing. What? All right, that's all. All right, you guys trusted me, all right? Did I do it right? All right. Go ahead and sit down. I'll call you back up, Allie. Get your paper ready. All right, that's a cup object lesson. I thought I was going to mess it up. All right. I, 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 gave, I gave Dylan and Allie, you know, I gave them the opportunity to trust me, right? Listen, before this, I only told them that I was just going to need their help. I didn't give them any instructions. I was going to, I just said, I'm going to ask you guys to do something on the stage with me. Right? I, I gave them no clues, no hints, no real information whatsoever, other than to say, I need you to come up on stage and help me. And that, that was it, right? I was pretty vague. They had no idea what they were doing or going to get themselves into, right? And God was equally as vague with Abraham. He said, go, and I will show you. He did not tell him where the land is or how he would get there or any of the other details in between. He just said, go and trust me. And that's what, that's what God said to Abraham. Now, 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 sure, right? God is asking Abraham a little bit more than what I asked Dylan to do by, by taking his cup of water and dumping it on his head, right? right? I promised that he wouldn't get wet. Right? I think I made that promise in the email that he wasn't going to get messy, right? right so, so when God asked Abraham to go somewhere new, it meant that he had to leave the familiar, right? He had to leave the land that he grew up in. He had to leave his clan. It was essentially to start a new life. But again... Right, here's what's really cool, right? And, and both 
both Dylan and Allie and Abraham learned this when they were asked to do something for the kingdom, right? They had a trust. Right, look, look at this, right? Go ahead and put that up there. God wasn't just asking Abraham to go. He was asking him to grow, right? Now, hopefully Dylan trusts me now, right? He thought he had a cup of water in his hand and, and he was going to get wet, but he didn't, right? So as God is saying, Abraham, I've got something big for you, but you're going to have to trust me. Right? You're going to have to trust me. Right? Abraham did not know the address. He didn't have a GPS dot showing him where he should go. Abraham had no details. He, he could not even make a pros and cons list because he didn't have the pros and the cons. He had no idea what awaited him. He just had to trust that when he took that first step, or when Dylan put that cup over his head and turned it over, he wouldn't get soaked. That Abraham wouldn't get lost. Right? He had, had to have faith. All right, so Allie, come back up here. Bring your paper. All right, and Allie's going to read to us the decision that Abraham made when he was asked to go. All right, follow along with us. Genesis chapter 12, verse 4. All right, you can pour your mask down. Awesome. Give her a round of applause. All right. All right. This was a small, this is a small but a very significant step. And thousands of years later, we see that this step began the story of a man that we're still talking about today. Right? This, this step, this, this, this response that Ali was reading, right? seated a new nation devoted to God and served as an important moment in the lineage of Jesus, the Savior, our Savior, right? the, the Messiah. Now, do you, do you think Abraham knew that his decision to leave and to, to follow God would result in all of these things? Do you think that his first little step, he thought, yeah, the Savior of the world is going to be my great, great, great grandson. Oh, he didn't think that, right? He didn't know. He simply did what God asked him to do. Now, it's important to look at Abraham's small step in the context of God's big movement, right? of God's big story. When you consider the starting point for Abraham on a timeline that spans thousands of years, it was a very, very small uh, event in a major story, like we said. Right? It also seemed impossible uh, that God would deliver what is promised simply because of Abraham's willingness to make this one step, this one move. But listen, that's what happened. Right? And that's good news for all of us because look at this. If Abraham's uh, small step can change history, right, then can't God do the same with our steps? Right? If Abraham's small step can change history, can't God do the same with our steps? And maybe you're thinking, Andrew, that's a, that's a pretty big leap there, bud. Right? That's a pretty big leap. Abraham's, Abraham's amazing story may seem really disconnected from our own. And I get it. I get it. But here is the truth. God sees us. 
He sees us, right? Just like he saw Abraham. And look at this. God wants to do something great in you, through you, and for your good. God wants to do something great in you, great for you, and through you, for your good. Right? He has a future for you that we can't even imagine. From the youngest of us here at the foundry to the oldest of us. You know, I was just, um, I was telling Matt, Matt, everyone remembers Matt leading us worship. Matt's back here. He was staying at our house last night. I was telling Matt about Jim and Nadine Ray. Um, they, they write a letter and a note um, oh, a couple times a month like, to check in, and, and we let them know that we're praying for them. And, and it's funny because they say we, we, we always tune into your program, right? <laughs> the, the live stream, the program, right? And that's great. So from the youngest of us who's, who's here, or the babies that are about to be born tomorrow, you're, you're, tomorrow, to Jim and Nadine watching the program, God has a plan for our life, right? Isn't that exciting? Right? Sometimes that, that future starts when we're willing to leave what is comfortable and, and take a single step into something that may feel a little wild and a lot unknown at the start. Right? And that does not mean that we should abandon our life, our relationships, and our responsibilities and pack a backpack or like a bag on a stick, you know, like Huckleberry Finn and just head off into the wilderness on our own, right? No. But it does, it might mean that we need to take a step in repairing our, our family by making a phone call and initiating a conversation. Or maybe it's uh, taking a step by ending a friendship or a relationship that is just not good or healthy, that it isn't supposed to be a part of your future. Right? Maybe it's just taking a step to be honest with your spouse about what you're really feeling and thinking. Maybe it's taking the step of putting your phone down a little bit more often and spending more intentional time with your kids. Right? Maybe it's uh, going on a mission trip to another country. Maybe it's it's stepping into leadership somewhere in the church. Maybe it's exploring a different career opportunity. When we think about doing things like this, right? sometimes, like we said, fear can get the best of us. And I get it. There are a million and one excuses to not follow through. There's a million and one excuses to not follow through. We will never run out of excuses that get us out of doing things that we don't want to do. It's just the way it is. And many of those excuses seem valid. But what we can't see, what we can't put our, our eyes on, is what may hang in the balance of us deciding not to follow through on what God is asking us to do. Man, we have no idea what God will do when we say yes and take that step. You know, my... My wife has, Christina, she has this quote hanging up on the mirror in our bedroom. And every morning when I, I get up and I walk by, I'm reminded of the power of trusting God rather than my excuses. And if you have a million and one, I have a million and two. It's the way I work, right? And this quote that she's hung up on our mirror is from Andy Stanley, a preacher in Atlanta. And it says this. It says, I would rather fail. I would rather fail in the center of God's will than to look back and wonder what God might have done if only I had trusted and obeyed. 
if I only had trusted and obeyed. Abraham didn't know how God was going to make him the father of many nations. He had no kids of his own. He certainly did not know that Jesus, the Savior of the world, would arrive from his family tree because with no children, there was just a stump. There was no tree. The point is, is when Abraham started his journey, there was no way that he could have seen the significance of his first step or what and where that step would take him. And, And neither can you and neither can I. But Abraham chose to take that step anyways. And when you, when you can make that same choice, right? Because, because the truth of all of this, the whole point of this, this story, this message is this. We don't know the significance of our steps. And we just don't know the significance of our steps. And you won't know until you take it until you trust God enough to step into what seems wild and unknown, which seems a little scary, is off that beaten path a little bit. We don't know. As Caleb and Christina waddle on back up here, let me say this. The, the good news is that God has a great plan for your life. God has a great plan for your life. From the youngest of us that are here, Mateo, to the oldest of us that are here, I don't know, Caleb, right? God has a plan for our life. And sometimes that plan requires you to trust him enough to take a step into a new, unknown direction, even when you are not sure what it looks like, how it will turn out. Maybe especially when you don't know how it's going to turn out. But you never know what is possible when you are willing to take that step towards something new, something different, or unknown when God asks you to. Now, it may feel a little, a little wild, like you said. You never know what hangs in the balance of that first step. So is there an area, as we conclude our service, is there an area that you know in your life that God may be calling you to take that new step in? an area where you have been feeling God's prodding and his inviting you to make a change, but you've been a little hesitant? I mean, imagine what would happen if you said yes. Imagine how your life would look like if if you just took that one step. Because God is good. He can be trusted. And when we take that step, when we take a chance into a wild adventure with a wild God, because he is, we will find out that that step, the things we do in his will, for his glory and honor, are totally, totally worth it. Thanks for listening to the Foundry Church Podcast. We'd love to stay in touch. Visit us online at thefoundrychurch.com or connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at thefoundryburke.